So guys, for the last few weeks, we've been thinking about what it looks like when church becomes less of an institution or a social club or something that we attend on a Sunday, but more of a kingdom family with purpose, identity, authority, who are changing the world. Who wants to be part of the kingdom family? I want to be part of the people who are changing the world. So we recapped a couple of weeks ago on Murr's awesome teaching on Jesus is Lord, which I encourage you to listen on to on a podcast online if you missed out on that. And that was really us trying to just grasp this understanding that the Father wants all of us, right? He doesn't want just selected snippets that we choose. He's saying to us, come to me, I can be trusted. Fully surrender your all to me. I'd love to just do this life with you. And last week, we continued the conversation when we were maybe slightly interrupted by what I thought we might go into, is talking a little bit about what the early church looked like. But then the father really interrupted that by saying, what about trust, Ro? What about trust? Because to enable us to place ourselves fully under this reality that Jesus is Lord, we've got to trust the Lord with all that we are. This is about a great kingdom family that's not only going to place our trust in the Lord, but into each other as well. Because there's something in that in community, isn't there? It's not just a one-way action that we've got to be able to see trust flow in many different things. But that can only happen when we fully surrendered and placed our trust into the Father. That then trust becomes a beautiful overflow of what the Father is giving to us. We talked about reclaiming the value of trust. We talked about this generation who is skeptical of trust. We talked that to be countercultural, to be of Jesus, means that we need to go against the stream. That we need to, to go against this thing of nobody's to be trusted, nothing's to be trusted, but actually because in Jesus, he's the one to be trusted, so therefore we can trust. And we finished with a passage in Jeremiah 17, which is just like the most beautiful passage I think, in nearly all the scripture. But then maybe there's a few others that come to mind too, but this is one of the most beautiful ones. In Jeremiah 17, verse 78, Jeremiah is kind of like um, the Old Testament's at the start of the Bible. That's the big chunk. Then you've got the New Testament. And Jeremiah kind of falls in the second half of the Old Testament. Jeremiah 17 says this, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord, who have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or or worried by long months of drought. Sorry, confusion. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. So as we move on to this week, I um, started the week really feeling that the Father wanted us to talk about grace. And um, that here at Carla Vineyard, we want to be a community of grace. And um, we sung about grace, and grace totally blows me away. Like the grace of the Father blows me away. And so it blows me away so much that at the start of the week, we were kind of like, we cannot confine this to one week. There is no way. So the, so the month of November and going into December is grace is going to be our theme. And we're going to dig in deep to this because I really believe, again, guys, this is such a key fundamental understanding. We've got to get a little bit more. We're never going to fully get it because it's ungettable. But we've really got to get this understanding of grace in our bellies. Because if we're going to be grace-filled people... We need to know grace in our own lives. And that is so powerful and that changes so many things. But as I've 
then thought on and thought, right, well, we can't do that in a week. What do you have for this week, Father? And um, a song came to mind. And I know that you probably all think I live in a musical sometimes. <laughs> I kind of do. <laughs> this is how the Father really speaks to me, is he reminds me of songs. But this one is a good one. Like, are you ready for this? When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides in us still. And with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Not a shadow can rise, not a cloud in the skies, but his smile quickly drives it away. Not a doubt or a fear, not a sigh or a tear can abide while we trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. But we never can prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay. For the favor he shows and the joy he bestows are for them who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Never fear, only trust and obey. And I felt a little part two coming on to our trust. Because that, that hymn, can I tell you the story of the hymn? I love a good hymn, I do. Like, I really do. Hey, I was, my heritage is good. So my heritage is that my dad was a Church of Scotland minister. So I was brought up on really good hymns. And you know my brother, um, he doesn't yet know Jesus. But sometimes when he's at work, he starts singing these hymns of life because there was something implanted into his heart that bring him life. And I am so thankful. I am so thankful for every expression of church. I'm so thankful for the Church of Scotland right now. I just want to pause to say that because the Church of Scotland is dying just now. And that's not okay. <laughs> so I'm just going to just say we are thankful for the Church of Scotland. We speak blessing on the church in Scotland. So here's the story behind this hymn. This hymn um, was inspired from one night at a D.L. Moody evangelistic meeting. D.L. Moody, for those of you who don't know, was an absolute legend, like a ledge of massive status. This guy traveled across the world telling people about Jesus. He just was full of joy. Of There's so many things that have come out of this man. It was just phenomenal. So a young man stood up to testify about his confidence of salvation. He said, I'm not quite sure, meaning that he wasn't really certain that God would save him from, from his sins. And then he continued, but I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust and obey, meaning that he planned to trust God for his salvation and to do what he could to obey God's will. I am going to trust. I am going to obey. 
So Daniel Turner was the song leader for that meeting. He was so impressed by the young man's testimony that he wrote down those words and stuck them in his pocket. Later, he found a friend, John Samus. In his letter, he told about the young man's testimony and included the young man's words, I'm not quite sure, but I choose to trust, to obey. And then this is where this song comes from. Trust will remain theory in our heads if it's not activated in our heart, in our hands. Trust is the easiest thing to say, but the hardest thing to do. So trust can stay up here, but nothing's going to change unless it hits our heart and into our hand. And obedience is trust walked out. It's trust lived out. Obedience is when we activate the trust received into our heads. Simply put, put, obedience is our choices. The overflow of that which prevails in our hearts and our minds. Trust and obey. As we read through the Bible, and I encourage you to read the Bible. It's a really good book. Bestseller for years now. It's brilliant. It's a really good book. And you know, there's countless stories that I could tell you from the Bible of different um, folks choosing to put their trust and then choosing to obey what they hear. Countless. I mean, we could think about Abraham. Abraham was asked to do something quite phenomenal. I just invite you to go and Google search Abraham and Isaac. I'm not going to say any more. Abraham and Isaac. And then even as I was reading through the book of Acts, I was just, you know, when you start to read things from a new perspective and I look at the life of Saul and I see that Saul, he was this man who was just broken, who was just mean, he was nasty. And then he was walking along this road one day and Jesus just came right to him. It was like this powerful moment in his life. But what was really interesting is you read this. This is in Acts 9. I encourage you to go and read this story again of Saul and, and when he came to know Jesus. That actually there was something about trust and obey even before he would have said, I trust you, Jesus. And the father calling him into the story of trust and obey. And I wonder if he had never gone to find Ananias or if Ananias hadn't heard and obeyed, what would have happened there? It's just phenomenal, these dot to dot to dots. But even as I was thinking about this word obedience, it's kind of a swear word these days, isn't it? Does anyone else feel like that? Like, yeah, thanks, Kev. (laughs) It is. It can be a little bit like a a swear word. Like, um, yeah, some there's this like inward rebellion that emerges within me sometimes when I hear that word. I want us to reclaim the beauty of the word obedience. Obedience with a loving heavenly Father who longs for connection over control. So the kingdom family we are part of was never to be birthed through control, but in connection with our loving Heavenly Father, which therefore means that in our relationships with each other and with those around us at work, at school, in our everyday, we get to overflow in relationships of connection rather than control. Control is simply our fear lived out. That's why it is. It's us operating from a place of fear. And that's what happens is that we start to try and control things because we're freaked out that if we don't, who will? Whereas connection is kingdom qualities lived out. 
connection is trust, love, grace, mercy. And when we operate from that place, we can connect. So in control, obedience is obeying a list of do's and don'ts. In fear, the dare <laughs> that our ticket to heaven will be lost. If we don't obey certain things, then then relationship, like it's this fear-filled relationship in our heads, right? In connection, we can obey someone because we either already know or everything within us knows that it's been consistently proven through a beautiful relationship that the one asking us to obey wants the very best for us. That the act of obedience doesn't lead to confinement, but to freedom. And freedom often looks maybe different than we even had in our heads and our hearts, right? I love this quote from Rick the Legend Warren. A lot of people think obedience is about fearing God, but God wants us to see obedience to him as a relationship of love. And out of love comes trust. If you trust what God is saying to you and you believe that he loves you, then that will lead to action. Sometimes I'm taken aback and really saddened in my heart by the amount of us who just do not know the love of the Father. And some of us who've journeyed with Jesus for a long, long time. And I think this is so intrinsic to, to know. And not just knowing here. And not just knowing here, but to know in the pit of who we are. We are dearly loved children. I don't want no bad stuff to come to my kids in, in a, a natural sense. So you know what? You come against my Noah, you will know the full, full weight of my love. Yeah. You know, someone comes against my Noah and they will know the full weight of my love for Noah. I am fiercely protective of that boy. But I hope in a freeing and a loving way. Fly away, Noah. But that's... Okay. Great. He's only 10, so not quite yet. Your loving Heavenly Father is so fiercely for you. He fiercely loves you. It's not a Tim and a tamed little lovey-dovey love. <laughs> he is fiercely for you. Fiercely for you. He sees each one of us in this space. And he says, I am not only for you, but I love you with all that I am. And that whole song there where he would just run after the one and leave behind the 99, that is for each one of us. He loves you with a never-stopping, never-ending, always and forever love. Some of us don't get that, and we actually need to purchase a Jesus Storybook Bible to use as our everyday Bible. I don't know if you've heard of this version of the Bible, but it's, it's phenomenal to help impart the love of Jesus, the love of the Father. So it doesn't... The, the activation of trust and obedience doesn't lead us down a path of constriction, but down a path of beautiful freedom, of adventure, of risks. The choice that we make through obedience always leads to a life of abundance. Life and life and more life. But to live out trust in a way is a risky old thing, isn't it? 
there's a place where we have to just just lean in even when we don't see what's coming next. I just want to share with you a really beautiful story with of um, someone in our community. I'm not going to name them, but they've given, given me permission to share this story. So last week, um, as they were sitting with us and listening into trust, um, this is this is a message they sent to me a couple of days later. Are you ready to hear this? Okay. I've been having a personal war with finances recently. It's been my black cloud and burden. We're at a point where money is tight, but with some hard work and planning and filling out forms, we should be okay. So my brain has been consumed with thoughts about money. At the same time, I've been feeling strongly about giving regularly. On Sunday, as soon as I saw the giving form on my chair, I filled it out, but I missed the bag going round, so I held it onto my envelope for the whole service. Cue heart, head, war for the next hour. But the word trust was being spoken at me, over me, through me. It was like Jesus literally set it up for me. Here's the form. Fill it in. Now trust. And they did that. And then, on Wednesday... I received news that some unexpected inheritance was coming my way. Not huge amounts of money, but so thankful for that provision. Now, that's good prosperity teaching, just to let you know. We don't do that because we think we're going to get the stuff. That's bad prosperity teaching. Good prosperity is when the Father longs to prosper those who entrust their lives to him. And that may not look like money in response to money. That's bad prosperity teaching. (laughs) Good prosperity is that he loves to prosper those who trust in him. He longs. And that that is just a beautiful response to trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way but to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Who fancies living a life not from fear, but from freedom? I'm done with living by fear. It's proper rubbish. (laughs) And exhausting. Like, seriously exhausting. I, yeah, exhausting. Like, controlling stuff is just exhausting. Because once the first control passes, you've got to think of the next control, and then it just keeps going, doesn't it? But a life of freedom where we're anchoring ourselves into Jesus fully and we're just saying, Simples, <laughs> you love me, I love you, I trust you, you trust me. So beautifully and profoundly simple. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. Not a shadow can rise, not a cloud in the skies, but his smile quickly drives it away. Not a doubt or a fear, not a sigh or a tear can abide while we trust and obey. But we never can prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay. For the favor he shows and the joy he bestows are for them who will trust and obey. I know there's stuff in my life that I would long to keep away from the altar because I think I can sort it out myself. 
I know that in previous years, I've thought that about relationships. I've thought that about money. I've thought that about my dad's health. I've thought that about family circumstances that seem out of control. But every single time that I've laid this before the altar, he has been faithful. So faithful. Like that story of finance, I know there's so many of those across the room. That when we choose to lay this all before the Father, lay it all out before him that he is faithful. That we do not need to keep stuff held up tight. But this is totally countercultural to the world that we live in. And that's why that resounding song needs to stay in our heads. <laughs> this is his promise to us. This is his promise. So what we're going to do is we're going to stand up together. And for some of us, there's a little envelope and there's a pen on your seat. And for some of you, what I would love you to do, you know that there's something that you've just been holding back in trust. Or maybe you... you um, you heard that the Father ask you to do something and you've not stepped in and done that thing or you've not stepped in and forgiven that person. You've not stepped in and just laid it all down before him as a proact. And I, I'm just inviting some of you to write those things out before the Lord as a sacrifice to him, as an offer to him, and just in an act of obedience to him is just saying, I just lay this all before you, Father. I lay this all before you. And for some others of you, he just wants to do that through ministry to you personally right now. His job is always to illuminate. His job is never to condemn. His job is always to offer a loving hand up. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. So here we are, Father. Here we are. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you right now to come and speak not only into our heads, but our hearts. Would you illuminate some of the areas of our lives that you just long for us to give as a sacrifice to you? Would you just, yeah, I just feel for some people here, your, your burden is so heavy. Your burden is so heavy, but Jesus wants to make it light. So I just, I just speak a laying down a surrendering. Stop trying to keep up the show. Stop trying to keep on keeping on. He is the one to be trusted. He is the one who has everything in his hands. Bring it to your loving, heavenly Father. The burden is light. The burden is light. The burden is light. So if you feel you've got a heavy burden, I just invite you just to put your hands out. And just release all of it to the Father. Release it all to the Father. Release it all to the Father. He already knows, by the way, so you, you don't need to worry about that. He's just saying, just release it down to me. Release it to me. Release it to me.
And then I want you to ask the Father in your mind, how do I do this? How do I proactively step in? How do I practically step into trust in this area? And just wait for him just to whisper to you. For some of that, that looks like the the trust game we played last week of the leaning not on your own understanding, but fully into the Father. Fully into the Father. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus, we thank you that you are the God of all grace, of all mercy, of all love. That you are a good, good father. That you long for good things over our lives. That you are not an angry man pointing at us, telling us the do's and don'ts of life. But you are a good, good father. You are a good, good father who is to be trusted. You are a good, good father who we can just stand before as your kids and be vulnerable with. And say, we may not have this all sorted, but we know you do. And we surrender our all to you. You are a good, good father. 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 We trust in you, Jesus. We trust in you. We trust in you. Father, may that be the abiding song and sound and anthem over our lives. That in those times when we want to self-destruct through our choices, that this resounding song of good, good father comes to mind, where we choose to come back and run back to you in those moments, where we choose not to keep running our own way, but we choose to come back to you, Father, because we know you are the God of all solution. We know you're the God of all connection and love and grace and mercy that never stops, never gives up, keeps on keeping on. Help us, Father. Enable us, Father, and empower us as we choose to be people who trust and obey.